My scripture for this morning is going to be from Genesis 28, 16 to 19, and I will read in your hearing at this moment. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. In 19, he called the name of this place Bethel, but the name of the place was Luz at at first sight. Let's take a moment and pray. God, I just thank you for today, God. I thank you that what an honor to stay today and stand here and pray. Lord, God, I thank you for this sweet God. I thank you for what you're doing in the life of people at Surf City and around our nation, God. God, I pray for the other churches that are preaching your gospel. God, we are not in competition, but we are co-laborers with them. And so, God, whoever in our city or across the nation, God, be with them. Be with the word. Pray that, pray that lives will be changed and impacted. God, I pray today that I will hide behind your cross, that you will put down any nerves that might, be, might come. But also, Lord, I pray that people but impacted and lives will be changed by the word today. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, amen. amen. Well, a couple weeks ago, um, just actually maybe two, but two weeks after we moved into our new house, come on, new house, um, and, uh, you know, my kids are all, well, most kids are actually all kids right now are all doing remote learning, and Claire's teacher sent a message say, hey, I have a package for you at the school. Can you please pick up the package with things in it? And so one day we went to the school to pick up the package, brought Claire with me, went to the office, and in the package was some coloring papers, some, like, assignments, but then there was a... Um, a pencil case. And in the pencil case, there was crayons, there was a pencil, there was a scissors, there was some glue. And so I brought it back home and I put it in Claire's room in her backpack. Well, the next day, Claire happened to be up very, very early in the morning while I was sleeping and my husband and I were sleeping. And I go to her room to get her ready. She has breakfast, she has cereal, which she has most most morning is cereal. And it was time for me to brush her teeth and comb her hair. So I bring Claire to the washroom to start brushing her teeth, and then it was time for me to do her hair. So I go to Claire and I start to brush it, and all of a sudden, I burst into tears. I said, Claire, what did you do? She's like, what, Mom? She took the scissors from school and cut off the front of her hair. There is a big patch on the side of her face, on her hair, all the way to the front. And so right now it's covered because she has big hair. I was so sad. I was, truthfully, I was angry at the moment. I was like, Claire, why did you do it? She's like, I don't know, Mom. Of course, I don't know, Mom. I was so devastated. In that moment, I'm like, why would you do this child of mine? My only daughter, my princess, your hair is your crown and glory. And at that moment, I needed a couple hours to calm down, to be honest, because I was just so taken from that. Why would you do that? Like, really, why would you do that? And so at that moment, I'm texting friends, like, you're not going to believe this. Claire, I'm, I'm like holding a mess. Like, I'm crying. I, I couldn't believe how emotional I was about her cutting her hair because I just felt like we've been, we've been growing this for five years. It took five years to get there. But how, do you, how, do, how many people know that my first point is you have to be mindful of how do you respond. 
Because after I was in shock, and I'm like, Claire, why? The first question she said to me, Mom, but what do you think I look like? And I had a moment. I had a moment to be very frank or honest or... I knew that she was waiting for that response when I said, baby, you look amazing, you look cute. And she's like, yeah, I know, I thought the swirly thing looks kind of cute. I was like, yes, it looks very cute. And at that moment I realized I can define her own narrative. And when people are sharing to you news or news or what's going on in their life, what are the narratives that you're gonna speak to them to them to replay in their mind over and over and over again? My mom always says, you can never put toothpaste back in the toothpaste bottle. You can never, you can never take back the words that you say to people, even though you sometimes say, oh, I didn't really mean it, but you can't take it back. And I had to be very mindful and very intentional with the word to my daughter that at this moment, what does her mother think of her hair, even though I was challenged at the moment? But I had to mustard everything in me. And you know what? I didn't have to even lie. I truly believe that she still looked amazing. I truly believe that you know, she can you know, still look beautiful, that her hair can still be used. But I had to be mindful and how do, you much, how, how do you know that no matter what you've been through, I don't know the wounds and the scars that you have, that God can still use you. Come on. God can still use chip crowns for his glory. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what your no perfect people allowed situation is when you don't think I'm not good enough to come to Surf City because you don't know my situation. But I know at Surf City, we've done a very hard job to be mindful that people are not perfect, that people are messy. Because listen, I have a messy story too, if I, truth be told, if I told about it. And so here, the first that I want to focus on today is verse 16. It says, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And so as we think about Jacob here, Jacob is coming from a place that he's running away from his family because if you don't know the story, Jacob has a twin named Esau. Mm -hmm. And Jacob tricked his brother Esau to taking his birthright. But not only that, Esau's, um, Jacob and Esau's father were named Isaac, and Isaac was wanting to bless the older son. And so what Jacob did is he pretended to be his twin brother, and he put on some goat skin to feel like he was hairy because his brother was hairy. And he goes into the presence of his father. And his father asks him, is this, is, this Jacob? is this Jacob? He's like, no, father, it's Esau. So already deception is already setting up the tone for the situation. And at this time, you know, Jake, um, Isaac believes his son that it's, it's Esau, but it's really Jacob. And he deceives his father, and his father blesses him, and he gives him a blessing of, you will be great among nations, I will bless you. But after, right after he blessed him, his son Esau comes up and says, Father, I want to get blessed. He's like, I thought I just blessed you. He's like, no, that was Jacob. And so he lost the blessing from his father because at that time, they blessed the firstborn. Yeah. So at that moment, his father Esau, Isaac tells him, go to away to find a wife. You need to run away. And so at this time, Jacob runs away to this place. And he gets to this place and he's tired because the sun is setting down. And at this time, he goes down, he gets, a, pillow, gets a, a rock, a stone, and he lies on it, and he goes to sleep. And while he is sleeping, the Lord approaches him in a dream. And in this dream, there's angels ascending and descending on a ladder from the top to the bottom. And, he, and he's dreaming this. And when he wakes up from this dream, 
He is in awe. He is afraid, but in a good afraid, a fearful afraid, a reverence afraid from, for the Lord. And so my first point, my second point is get caught up in God's presence. Take time to be still. And in Psalms, or in Psalms 44, 10, it says, be still and know that I am God. And I will exalt among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. When is the last time you actually pause and be still to know God is God? I know I live a busy life, you probably live a busy life, but when are you actually stopping to hear God's voice? Mm. It is so easy to, when I'm in the car, to turn on music, when I get home, turn on the television. How many of us actually turn off nothing and drive in silence or be in our own home with nobody in it? It's very rare because it's uncomfortable in the silence. And so I want to encourage us today is get caught up in God's presence. Take a moment in your daily life Pause, read your Bible, and think what God is doing, and pause that. And so I think about the saying that A.W. Tozer says. He says, it's not a matter of miles, but of experience. And what he's meaning by here, a lot of times we're thinking, God is so far from me. Where is he? He is not far, but you maybe have not had an encounter, an experience with Christ. And I think about the pandemic. Many of you in the last 15 weeks have not, have not stepped foot back at Surf City. There's no welcome home at, at your house. Maybe there's no music. Maybe there's no community at your place. But we have to find a way within ourselves to still find a place to have that experience, the atmosphere of God being present. Amen. Because it's so easy to get caught up with the lights. It's, it's, I love the lights and I love the backdrop here at Surf City. But when you are alone, when you're in a situation, you need to know how to praise God on your own when no one's watching you. And it's hard sometimes to do that. And even if you don't have the music, listen, we have our hands to praise the Lord. We have our voice, even though you might not sing well. You can still praise God with your voice. You have everything in you at this moment to praise God and give him all the glory and the honor that he deserves. And so for me, many times where God speaks to me directly is in the shower. In the shower is the only time of the day I have no interruptions. That I get to pause, and when I pause, God actually, I have time to think about what God is trying to say to me, and I get to reflect, I get revelation, I get downloaded. A lot of times I get my messages in the shower. But where are you pausing? I find a lot of us are just like the stop sign. We go to a stop sign, we wait, and we keep on moving. But we're not stopping to have an encounter. We're not pausing long enough to hear God. And so a lot of times, breakthrough does not come in just a quick pause. It comes in lingering with the Lord in a situation at home or in the car or wherever you're at. And so we need to take time. And I think we're such in a rush society that we don't even know how to encounter the Lord anymore. And, you know, we want a one-hour service. Hello. Especially summer's coming. But there's something that when we even sing worship songs, and sometimes like, why are they singing that same line over and over? We get it. But I remember years ago, there was a simple song that was, um, I'm not really good at lyrics, but the song goes that... um, um, I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. But I love him because he first loved me first. And I remember the first time, I've heard this song since I was a child, but the line when it says, I love Jesus because I, he loved me first. At that moment, I got the revelation that, man, I love Jesus because he loves me first. But I needed the repetition over the years and the revelation by the Holy Spirit to let me know that. And so when sometimes we're singing these songs, you're like, okay, 
We've sang it, we sang it 10 times, but have you got the revelation, the prophetic word in the lyrics that the Lord is trying to speak to you in that time? How many times will we read the scripture? We're like, oh, I already know this verse. But we need to sit in it to see what God is saying to us in that time. And so I want today for us to be aware of God wherever you are. I want us to know that even if you are going for a car drive, even if you're having trouble, even on your best day, how do we, who, do, who knows that even on our best day, we need Jesus? Amen. And I don't care if you have a promotion. I don't care if you have an amazing job. It's God that gave you the promotion. That God that gave you the resource and the, he is the source for that job. And I think it's so easy to get caught up in culture, caught up in the new lingo. I'm always, my kids are always saying new lingos that I never get up sweaty. I think, I don't know if that's a new lingo or what, when they're playing video games or whatever that is. It's so easy to get up on the latest trends in fashion, what the new technology is, a new thing on Instagram or the new feature, getting caught up scrolling. But what have you get caught up in God's presence? And even on my birthday, you know, one of my gifts was my husband took everyone at the house. It was amazing, it was a dream. And I, it was the first time meeting in my own home with nobody in it. And it was so easy for me to sit there and just scroll on um, social media or scroll and watch TV because I never really get to watch TV. But I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to put some worship music on and give him thanks for my life. And I could easily, I kind of didn't even want to do that, to be honest. I'm going to be very honest. I kind of like, I just want to watch TV, Lord. I don't really want to, like, get into the worship thing right now. But sometimes I had a moment, I'm like, why would I not arrest this moment for the God that gave me life and breath on my birthday and he wants an appointment with me that I just rather watch Netflix? We have to be mindful that God is calling us. He's inviting us into a place of worship and inviting to a place to lean into him. It's so easy to get caught up everywhere else, but not in his presence. Yeah. And that day on my birthday, I really got to hear God's voice clearly. I really got to refocus for the next chapter of my life. But I so easily could have watched the shows that I wanted to show, watch. But he's inviting us. And so I want us to, this week, see where God is inviting you. Inviting you to, to hear from him, speak from him. And not only that, be still and know what the people around you are saying. Maybe it's toxic. Maybe what they're saying to you is doubt. Who needs doubt in this season in a pandemic? I don't need the cheerleaders doubting me that, oh, you know what, you want to start a show? Everyone has a YouTube channel. Why do you need a YouTube channel? Oh, everyone else is doing it. Why would you want to do it? I don't care how oversaturated the market is on YouTube. If God is calling me something to do it, I need to do it with reverence and with obedience. And I don't know who's telling you doubt. I don't know who's telling you that you can't do it. Maybe it's yourself, your own narrative in your own mind. I mean, you have to take a moment and quiet that down. Yeah. And take a reflection of who is in your circle. I will forever talk about friends. I'm sorry, because friends are such an amazing topic. I think it's such a great relationship. But I think it's very crucial that we have the right people in our circle to us to move forward. Because we are not called to do life alone. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe this. I believe any friend that's in your life, you have to be very clear on what this, your standing is with your friendship. Because I find this where a lot of issues happens when we thought we were something and you're not really something. Wow. 
And you have to be very clear what the relationship is going to be in your life. And so my friend, my really good friend, um, Latricia, is I remember almost 15 years ago, we made a very clear declaration what this friendship would be. We, very, we declare that the enemy will not get involved in here. We declare that we will not be jealous. We declare that we will have no competition. We declared, and the moment that was creeped up, we were going to pray about it. We're not going like, to get caught up in the other things. And I think it's very important that we do that when you're trying to get in God's presence. You want to make sure you have friends and people that are willing to be in God's presence with you. And I have a very kind husband because when we were first married, he tried to do these prayer walks. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want a prayer walk. So I'm with the prayer walk with the other people. and I'm talking. He's just like, he was so upset at me. Because I was just not in the frame of mind, and I, and I recognized that I was the one. I was the one letting people down. I was the one deterring people from being focused and getting caught up in God's presence. I am the one. Sometimes you realize, maybe you're the problem. Whoa. And humble yourself. I recognize I was the problem. I was, had the rebellious spirit that I was bringing into the relationship. And God is, was checking me. And so wherever you are, check your circle, check your friends, check your coworkers, and make sure that they're not a barrier into the place of you to get to God and worship. And not only that, God can bring meaning in the mundane. God can bring meaning in the mundane. Listen, we have a God that's amazing. He creates sunsets with the, with, with the beautiful pink skies. We have a God that builds the, has the ocean with the green and the waters. Yeah. We have a God that's just everything can be so beautiful. The mountains, I live in California, and the mountains were absolutely gorgeous. You can go to Jamaica and go to Dun River Falls, gorgeous falls. I wish I was there right now. <laughs> you can go to Hawaii. My friends are in Hawaii right now. I'm kind of jelly. They're having an amazing time in, in um, uh, Hawaii. But what about the mundane here? What about Lake Ontario? Can I find God in Lake Ontario? Can I find God in just a stroll down my neighborhood? God, God can bring meaning in the Monday. God can bring meaning in your Monday. God can bring meaning in your Tuesday. But you need to recognize that God is there. And I think about the place for Jacob in Luz. It was a place, as I look in the commentary, it was a stony place. It was a place that was rough. It was hard. But what he did not recognize, because Jacob back in the day, but in those days, you know, we're very aware and we're very more um, educated in the Bible right now. We recognize that God is everywhere. But at Jacob at that time, he only recognized that God was only in erected, um, erected, in erected altars or he was at in a public gathering with people of, of believers or he was in his home and when his dad would you know speak God's word that's where he thought only God was at that time but then you have David David in Psalms 139 says he says that where can I go from your spirit where can I flee from your presence Come David on. knew that no matter where he went no matter if he was in the darkness, no matter if you're in sin, you cannot flee from God. He is always there. And so the, the verse says in um, Genesis 28, 16, it says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and he said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. So early in that morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set up the pillar and poured oil on top of it. 
He called the name of this place Bethel, but the name of the city was loose at first. What Jacob didn't know, it was just a regular day, a regular day of journeys, and the sun was setting that that thing, that stone, was setting him a set stone was setting up to be a pillow, a pillow, and also posture him to be in the presence of God, unknown to him. Where's rough situation that you are in that God is trying to speak to you, even though it seems rough? What stone is that you need to take and change that situation and make it a pillar, an altar, and thank God for this situation? Amen. What place of there that's rough that you need to bring some dump some anointing all the wall that we, we got in January and say, God, are you here? That's a question I want to ask you. Do you know, surely the Lord is here, but you just did not know it. And I think about that. Where is the Lord in your mundane? Where is the Lord in your everyday? And when I think about it, when I'm doing the laundry for my kids, which is one of my least favorite chores, and I'm doing the laundry, and I'm like kind of irritated, like, man, how many jeans, jeans do these kids have to have? How much, you know, even though I know sometimes the clothes even clean, I'm, I'm rewashing clean clothes sometimes. But when I'm at the laundry and when I'm folding the socks, I'm like, Lord, there's something that comes, I'm like, Lord, I'm, I am folding the socks of my sons. Lord, where will you have them in a few years from now? Surely the Lord is in this place, but I just did not know. When you're in the car and you're like just driving mindlessly and you're sitting there, and I'm thinking, Lord, sometimes, sure, the Lord is in this place. I just didn't know. He gave me a revelation of who he is, that he's safely taking me from plan, place A to B. Maybe tomorrow morning, it's Monday morning, you're going to be on the Zoom call, another Zoom call. You're going to pick, turn on the Zoom link. Surely the Lord is in this place, but you just don't know that he's going to show up on the Zoom because God, God's preparing you for a promotion. Surely the Lord is in this place, but you just don't know. Man, I've had email after email. You will not believe how many people are in a situation of affairs right now through this pandemic. I've had multiple people reach out. But surely the Lord is in that place. Yeah. You just don't know it right now. He is there with you, giving you the strength to wake up every day to deal with your children. Maybe right now you're just like, I don't have any money. I don't know what's going on in my life, but surely the Lord is in this place. i just not aware. Listen, you need, to know, you need to do IDK praise. I don't know what God saved me from. I don't know that God was preparing um, a place for me, a house for me. I don't know. How many of us don't know what God is doing, but there is something when you are aware of his presence. Yeah. And when this week, I want, you, I want you to take a moment and look and reflect. Where is God that I just don't know? Where have I missed him? Even though I didn't miss him, he's just right here. We just, sometimes we need an encounter. We need to create the atmosphere. A lot of times we're just going and going and going, but we need to pause. And when we pause, we need to pray. Pray, Lord, give me, let me be aware of your presence. But after we pause and we pray, we need to proceed with the word that the Lord has given us. Because a lot of times we hear God's word, we pray, but we don't want to listen to God's word. We need to be obedient. So you know what I always pray? I pray, God, give me the strength to be obedient yeah. to the word that you've given me. Because in my flesh, I don't want to go there. In my flesh, I don't want to pray. In my flesh, I don't want to forgive. In my flesh, I don't want to give that money. In my flesh. But give me, give me the confidence. Give me the obedience to follow through, Lord. Let me be aware of your presence. And I know I've struggled with that. Sometimes I'm like, God, are you really here? He is right beside you in the situation. 
You need to be aware of his presence. I'm telling you, there is breakthrough. And a lot of times, breakthrough does not happen in just a five-minute prayer. A breakthrough happens when you create the atmosphere. And that's why it's so important when those doors open up, if you are able to make it to church, come into the atmosphere. Because there's something when we come together, when our voices are singing on one accord, when we are in alignment with God's word, something happens. And I don't know about you, when you're at the grocery store, which is another thing I don't personally like is the grocery store. And this is where I have to be, Lord, I do not want to be, I don't want to, and today I'm going to go grocery shopping. I do not want to be on a Sunday afternoon going to the grocery store. But surely the Lord is in this place. I just don't know. So when I walk into No Frills, or I walk into Freshco, I'm going to ask the Lord, where are you, Lord, that I just am not aware of your presence? Oh, God, you created this, you know, grapes from your the amazing gardens of the fields. Like, God is here. Like, it's a miracle that we have food. There's a miracle that someone has labored to pull and pull plants in, in the grocery store, that we have food on our table, that I have the opportunity to get up. Lord, make me aware of your presence. Yeah, yeah wherever you are at. And so take a, I'm going to keep saying, take a moment this week and ask that question, Lord, where are you? That I am just not aware. Not that he's not there. I am just not aware of his presence. And I always think about the song that we sang today. Interesting enough, the first song we sang, Nothing Else by Cody. His wife actually, sang, his wife actually wrote the song, Holy Spirit. Their husband and wife, that, well, the first the husband wrote, I'm nothing else. And the wife wrote, Holy Spirit. And I sometimes, Lord, even when you want to get his presence, I don't want nothing from you. I have no agenda. It's so easy to get into God's presence and ask, God, I want this, I want this, I want this. Can you do that? Can you do that, Lord? But what about getting in God's presence? I want nothing from you. I want to thank you, Lord. I just want to sit and bask in your presence. I want to abide in you, Lord. And I know for me, sometimes I just want to be in my husband's presence. I don't even need to say anything. I just feel comfort when I'm just in his presence. And that's what God wants for you. He wants you just to buy. He just wants you to sit in his presence because he loves you that much. And God, there's something about God. When, you, when the Holy Spirit is there, you can feel a tangible thing when it's hovering in the room. And sometimes you just need the time. I know for me, I need time. I'm not one of those quick I'm one of those slow, dimmer type of person. Turn me up slowly. I just can't quickly get into God's presence. I need time. I need to be in the right space. And sometimes, sometimes God is not asking you about the frequency or the, the quantity of your time, but the quality of the time with you. And so my prayer for you is this week, be mindful how you respond to people because people are going through things. And be, respond, be, be mindful, not only that, get caught up in his presence. And lastly, God brings meaning to the mundane. Tomorrow is Monday. It might be a regular Monday, but listen, God is waiting. Ask him, show me your, yourself, reveal yourself to me. And lastly, I just want to read a part of the song that we sang at Holy Spirit. And my husband, my singing machine, he's going to sing it. And I want us to take a present wherever you are in your home. I don't know if you're in the couch. I don't know if you're in the bathroom. I don't know if you're in the car. But I want you to have an encounter with Christ wherever you are. Take a moment and lean in at this moment. And so it says here, overwhelm us with your presence, God. Overwhelm us now. Oh, beautiful name. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory 
of your goodness. Come on, sing us a song, baby. Let us become, God bless you, more aware of your presence. Come on, let us experience the glory of your goodness. Right where you are, let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of, come on, y'all. Let us, come on, say, let us become more aware of your presence. Come on, let us experience the glory of your goodness. Come on, let us become, let's pray it, more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of, one more time. Come on, declare it. Come on, let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Yeah, let us become hey, more aware of your presence. Let us be experience the glory. Can we just declare and ask Holy Spirit? Let him know he's welcome. Say, oh. Come on, you declare it. Come flood this place. Say, Can y'all come and help me? Your glory, God. Come on, can y'all help me? To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Come on, right there in your living room, declare it. Say, Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, you are well. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, we need you, Jesus. Come on, we need you right there in our situation, Lord. Come on, when we don't even sense that you're around. Come on. Let us become, one more time, say, let us become, come on, more aware of your prayer. Come on, declare it, pray this. Let us experience, let us, come on, declare, let us be. Just the drums, just the drums. I want you to clear and say, let us become more aware of your Come on, church, where you are, say, let us experience. Hey, glory. Give me a break, give me a break. Come on, say, let us become come on, more aware of your Let us experience. One more time right where you are. Say, Holy Spirit, declare it with me. Say, Holy Spirit, you are well. We need you, Jesus. Come on, make us aware. 
Come on, lift those hands where you are. Your presence, Lord. Come on, say your presence, Lord. Your presence. Your presence, Lord. Say your presence, Lord. Woo. Your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Come on, right where you are, let's celebrate his presence. Come on, come on, let's celebrate his presence today. Come on, let's honor him. Come on, let's magnify him. Let's glorify him. He deserves it. We thank you that you're with us. We thank you, God. Glory to the name of Jesus. Listen, I'm so excited about that message. Come on, can we just give God praise in the chat for that message? Come on was that not a rich word was that not a slow burn that was one of those ones you gotta smoke on and 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 take it in take it smoke it slow take it in slow you know and it was it, it was so rich and i believe it's really going to impact the nature of our week with that being said we would be remiss if we did not extend to you the greatest opportunity of all time for you to be able to put your trust and your faith in Jesus. You know the coincidence and the, the thing that correlates perfectly with what Pastor Chantal shared is the fact that Jesus, God in flesh, was here on earth, but so many were unaware of his presence. They thought many were looking for him to show up on a stallion looking for him to ride in in chariots and be in that sort of a position but he was born in a manger in a horse's feeding trough and the world in many regards at that time and the people that were in his community they did not recognize and they failed to realize that surely the Lord was in that place he was there among them but they rejected him. Why was he here? Somebody might be asking who's watching and hearing this for the first time. Why did God put on flesh and come down to earth in the person of Jesus Christ? Well, the Bible makes it clear that thousands of years before this, that our first parents, Adam and Eve, that they messed up, they disobeyed God. And consequently, the Bible makes it clear that sin has passed on their errors their mess became hereditary and passed on to all mankind thereafter and so we all are born in sin born separated from god born spiritually dead this is why your children and my children we didn't have to teach them how to disobey we don't have to teach children how to mess up because they're born with it in them and this is something that has transpired from the beginning of time. The Bible says there's no one that's righteous. No, not one. Even our righteousness, the Bible says, the things that we do that are right are filthy rags in comparison to the holiness and the requirements of God. And in and of us, this is because in and of ourselves, we are unrighteous but this is why God came to the earth because there's 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 good news that although the wages of sin is death according to Romans 6 23 that the gift of God somebody right there in your living room say the gift of God the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord 
Not only that, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Come on, somebody. All things are passed away. Anybody ever still get excited about the gospel? Anybody other than me love this good news? All things are passed away. And all things become new. So no matter what you've done in the past, even that sin condition that you were born with and inherited, if you and I, when we put trust in Jesus, when we give our lives to him, John 3.16 says that if that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish. So although sin says you're going to hell, you're dying and you're going to be separated from God forever. God says, no, I loved you so much that I'm not dying to meet you. I died to meet you. And I rose from death with all power. And today, if you would give me your life, if you would exchange your messiness and your sin and your past and put your trust in me, I am present in this place. Some of you, you've been running. You're like, how is God present in my life? Like Pastor Chantal said, he was there he's been drawing he's been pulling you for those of you who are convicted by what is being shared right now he was there even though you were unaware of it and so in this moment i extend to you the opportunity to put your trust and your faith in jesus he'll save you from death if you die you get to go and be with jesus forever instead of in hell and the lake of fire which was not even prepared for humans it was prepared for satan and his angels but we chose to follow the enemy our our hu humankind did but today you can choose something different you can respond to this good news that i'm sharing with you this love that god came to down into the earth he died for your sins in your place in my place and he rose from death with all power he took our punishment he took our penalty he took our he made the payment on our behalf and today no matter who you are no matter what you've done you can put your trust and your faith in Jesus. You can ask him to be the Lord of your life. And the Bible says in Romans 10 and 9 that if you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, if you say, God, I want you to be the boss of my life, today he can become your boss, your Lord, your king, and your life will be brand new, and he'll be with you now and forever. And so in this moment, if that person is you, before you run away, I want you to lean in in this moment. And for those of you who are Christians already, you need to be leaning in in this moment too and praying that God would be touching hearts. God uses our prayers that he would touch hearts today and draw people to respond to the good news about the gospel. Glory to God. A lot of people tune out in this moment and run off and like, okay, I don't need this part. No, you need, this is where you need to be serving in prayer and praying and standing with us that God would make impact in this moment. And so... If that person is you and you're like, I want to give my life to Christ today. I want to respond to the gospel and I've never done so. I, this love sounds amazing. Sign me up. That, that, that's me. Or you might be someone that ran away. The cares of this life have jacked up your fellowship with God. And I want to tell you today, you have the opportunity to come back home. You might have been running away from him, but he has never run away from you. His arms are spread wide and he wants to come on, give you a giant bear hug and welcome you back into fellowship with him and so whether this is your first time trusting christ or if you run away from him i want to invite you in this moment to commit your life to christ or to recommit your life to christ and so i'm getting ready to lead a prayer of commitment 
It's not a, this prayer doesn't save, it's Jesus who saves. But this prayer is an expression of faith in Christ and his lordship. And it's you saying, I'm drawing a line in the sand. And today is a day that I intend by God's grace to live with Jesus as my savior and my Lord. And so if that person is you, and I, I just want to invite you here in your living room, you can, I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, even in front of your family members, where you are, you can pop that hand up real high and let us know that person is you. If you are even brave enough and you're in the chat, I want you in this moment. If you're like, you know what? I'm courageous enough. I'm not ashamed of this decision. I'm making this decision for Christ today. You can put a hand up emoji in the chat. If that person is you, you're like, I'm unashamed. And so our hosts can see it and your, the people around can see it and we can celebrate that decision with you here we go you're like include me in that prayer on the count of three here we go one two three come on pop that hand up real high if that person is you glory to god where you are you're like i i'm trusting christ or i'm coming home here we go glory to the lord jesus come on in this moment in this moment we're getting ready to pray this prayer of commitment and i want you to pray this out loud with me where you are and christians wherever you are you can pray this prayer as well. You can pray this prayer as well and pray it in support of those who are praying it for the first time. But a recommitment and an affirmation of your faith. And so we just say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and rising from death with all power. Come into my heart and make me new. Be with me now and forevermore. And I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we celebrate those who have made decisions for Christ today?